0: David. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm glad to be here tonight with you guys, and um, I'm I'm a little uncomfortable. We're glad to have you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, Sarah. <laughs> y'all are making it harder for me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Girl, I'm just trying to make you feel like part of it. Here's why I'm uncomfortable. Because I can't sing that song. To be honest about it. And uh, I'm pretty pissed at God these days. And uh, I shouldn't have said that word. But I'm going to just be real. Because I'm mad at God. And uh, it's pretty easy to get up there and teach. It's pretty easy. Scripture speaks for itself about who God is. But it's a whole other thing to believe it. To live it out. And that song says, you've never failed me yet. But quite honestly, I think and believe that God has failed me. And I have a jaded heart towards God. It doesn't mean I don't love him, because I do. But I'm just kind of wrestling through some things, and I'm working through some things. And man, I hate it that I'm up here talking about hope. (laughs) Because most days I feel incredibly hopeless. And I scramble to get here and I I feel like throwing up and I'm like the last person who should be up here saying anything. But I want to be real with you because I need you to be real. And we've got to stop playing church and we've got to stop showing up and singing songs just because that's what we do on Wednesday night. You know, God doesn't want us to sing a song because that's what we do on Wednesday nights. He wants us to sing a song out of the depths of our heart because we believe it. And maybe tonight for you, you believe those songs that we sang, and if that's you, man, I'm absolutely thrilled for you. But maybe you're like me, and you're jaded, and you're mad, and you're frustrated, and you don't understand this really big God who's supposedly really good, and you so desperately want to believe that God will do it again. But I struggle to believe that. I struggle to believe that God has my best interest in mind. I struggle to believe that God knows what he's doing because in the midst of loss and heartache and losing people that we love and in the midst of divorce and abuse and chaos and addiction and all the things that make our world incredibly evil, some days it feels like God is incredibly far off and uninterested in the details of my life. But at the end of the day and at the beginning of the day, it boils down to this. Either his word is true and we can bank on that or it's not. And we've got the biggest lawsuit on our hands. And so I guess I'm cutting to the chase with you tonight because it's really uncomfortable for me to stand before you. In this season of my life and teach on the very thing that I need the most. I would love to save face face and act like I have it together, but truth be known, I don't. (laughs) And I'm just here. But you know what? God knows that about me. God knows I didn't take a shower this morning before work, and my hairs looked like whack all day. And I don't even give a flying rip today. My good days, I care. And God knows that I sat in the back and couldn't sing that song and be honest about it. And he's not, he's not shocked by that. You know? Like the Bible says, not one single bird falls from the sky and drops dead and God doesn't know about it. And that's a bird, which I happen to really love birds, but that's a bird. How much more does he love us and cares about us and he cares about our hearts and he cares about the places where we feel incredibly hopeless? And he cares about the fact that you love your phone and your social media more than you love him. He cares about that. He cares about your story and the chapters that didn't exactly pan out how you wanted them to. He cares about the prayers that you quit praying because you felt like he wasn't listening. And he cares about your hearts. And it matters. And we have to get real and be honest about it. Walking with God was never meant to be a game or masquerade where everyone's night we put on a happy face and say, okay, I got to fake it till I make it, and do this thing one more time. I'm tired of that. Why can't we just be real? Can we just be honest and say we're pissed at God and we don't understand what he's doing? And that Wednesday nights are hard and Sundays are hard and getting in his word is really hard. It says this in Romans 15, 13. That was all bonus. I wasn't even on my notes. Holy cow, I'm in trouble. It says this. May the God of hope fill you. With all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I looked at the definition of overflow earlier. I love looking up definitions. I don't know why. I guess I'm a geek. And it says this. To cover with or as if with water. Today's streets were overflowing with water. A hydroplane down Avenue Inn. It was fun for the first three seconds. (laughs) Overflow, to flow over the brim of, to cause to overflow, to flow over bounds. Here's my favorite definition. You ready? To fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. To fill a space to capacity and spread beyond its limits. And so the last several weeks we've been diving into this verse. And we've talked about what is hope and what it's not. And do we place our hope in a changed set of circumstances or in the unchanging God? Listen, every time you put your hope in something in your life changing, you will be crushed every single time. Our hope is only to be anchored in Jesus Christ and the fact that he is for us and with us and loves us always. And we talked about um, joy and peace, that joy and peace come as we trust in God. So when you and I don't have joy and peace, it's directly linked to the fact that you and I don't trust God. You're not the first person to not trust God. You won't be the last. Welcome to the club if that's you. And this week we're talking about overflowing with hope, overflowing with hope. So I've got some jars up here and um, this jar right here, Let me think through, I should have written this in my notes. Okay, this jar right here represents the amount of hope that God has, not very much, right? Just a standard mason jar, maybe 30 ounces, I don't know. And this jar, man, this jar represents how much hope I need, which these days is a whole lot, right? I'm like, holy cow, God, you better hook a sister up because I am drowning, right? So this jar represents my hope tank or how much hope I need, okay? And so what often happens is, hmm, how did I do this a little bit ago? <laughs> okay, let me, let me just do it this way. So if this represents God's hope and this represents how much hope I need, who's, who's short on their end of the deal? Who's going to run out, me or God? Please help a friend out. You. 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 Right. I'm going to run out, right? Because if, if this is God's hope and I pour all of God's hope into how much hope I need, I'm going to be left still needing more hope. Right? But here's the problem with this. Here's the problem. It's a lie. Okay? Here's um, – I, I looked up capacity. Here's what capacity means. Capacity is the potential or suitability for holding – storing, or accommodating. Here's the lie that you and I have believed. You ready? God cannot match our capacity for hope. God cannot match our capacity to hope. I need way more hope in my life than God has available, so what's the point because I'm screwed? Like God's going to run out of hope. Oh no, panic, right? That's the lie that you and I believe. But the truth of the matter is this. This actually represents my hope tank. This is my capacity for hope, which some days feels bigger than just a jar, okay? This represents how much I need hope, and this represents God's hope, right? So if I were to pour this water, if this represents God's hope, okay? If I pour this water into this jar, what's going to happen? It's going to overflow. Kindergarten 101 right there. Okay? But I want you to see that because according to Romans 15, 13, that's how it's supposed to be. But this is often how our lives look. You ready? Here's God's hope. Here's my hope tank. Oh, no. Water on my phone. But oh, no. God doesn't have enough hope for Tara. So there's no point, right? But what does Romans 15:13 say? It says we are to overflow with hope. So the lie is God cannot match our capacity for hope. But here's the truth. You and I, we cannot possibly hold all of the hope that God has for us. This cut out tonight because it's just a standard Kool-Aid pitcher and I didn't have time to haul in a ton of water. But the idea is that God's hope would constantly overflow and brim out of us. But if we evaluate our lives, if I say, okay, tear our time out, look at your life. Is your life overflowing with hope? The answer would be a heck to the no. So, either God is a liar or I've gotten something twisted. Okay. Um, We're going to look tonight at Luke chapter 18 If you want to turn there And uh, it's one of my favorite stories We're going to read verses 35 through 43 It says this As he drew near to Jesus He being Jesus Or as he drew near to Jericho I'm sorry A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. So everyone close your eyes. You're not blind. You're welcome. Don't let me catch you cheating, either. A blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. Begging is quite possibly one of the most miserable feelings in the world. You're at the mercy of the ones around you. Will they see your need? Do they even see you? Do they even care? And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. Shut up, you old blind beggar. Nobody cares. Shh. But the blind beggar cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Here goes Jesus with another ridiculous question. Why does Jesus ask us questions that we already know the answer to? Why does Jesus ask questions that he already knows the answer to? Because the ones around him don't know the answer. Okay, because the ones around him don't know the answer. But because it's called participation. Prayer is not just you talking to God. Prayer is you listening to God and what he's telling you. See, sometimes you got to speak out by faith. What it is you're trying to believe in your heart because that's where the power lies. And this blind beggar, he could have said a million things. Man, I'll take some bread. You got some contacts? I'll take some money. Maybe a pack of cigarettes. How about some clothes? She's a pretty one now. He could have asked for anything. Anything. He has the complete attention of Jesus, the supposed Son of God. So he says this, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And everyone say time out. Okay, thank you to the two of you who participated. Everyone say time out. I said you're blind, not deaf. Help a friend out. Okay, you're blind. You've never seen anything your entire life. And Jesus says, what do you want? You say, I want to be able to see. And Jesus says, okay, see. I mean, what did, how do you respond to that? I don't know. I just think it's funny. There's no point there. I just think it's funny. <laughs> Recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, he recovered his sight and followed him. Y'all can open your eyes. Glorifying God and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Overflowing with hope. That blind beggar, blind people were an outcast back in Bible times. They were shunned. They oftentimes sat outside the city gate or on the dirt. Dirt would get kicked up on them. Nobody cared, okay? Nobody cared. And and so he heard that Jesus was coming by, and so he cried out. That's audacious. That's bold. That's hopeful, really. I mean, that's hopeful to say, hey, pick me. You guys remember in elementary school? Well, at least when I was in elementary school, I'd play football with the guys, and we'd split up into teams, and there's Team A and Team B, and maybe Johnny was Team A captain, and Eric was Team B captain, and Johnny's my best friend, and Johnny's, like, scouring over the crowd, and I'm like, pick me! <laughs> and I was the last one picked every single week, but guess what, man? Every single day, I was hopeful, pick me! <laughs> That's audacious for a blind man to not only call out like that, but once he's silenced and once he's shut up, It says that he cried out all the more. When your life is overflowing with hope, you'll keep showing up. You'll keep coming on Wednesdays. You'll bring your friends. You'll keep showing up on Sunday. Man, you'll keep praying, even though you feel like you're not being heard. You'll keep worshiping. You'll keep engaging with God's word. You'll show up Sunday night to the Bible study. You'll you'll do whatever it is that you want to do because when your life overflows with hope. You're desperate for Jesus. And once you have that, you have to have more. You have to have more. Because as soon as this stops overflowing with, with hope, it's like your life kind of stops, right? You ever been there? Where you're like a shell of a person and you just show up? You're like, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty miserable, right? But once, as long as this is overflowing with hope, which according to Romans 15, 13 is how you and I and our life should be, our life is sustained by that. We're thirsty, desperately thirsty for hope. Here's what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to end this a little bit different, and Paige is going to come up and play. Um, But I don't want to waste a lot of time with a lot of teaching points. I don't even want you to hear my voice tonight. Because the truth of the matter is, I need this as much, if not more, than you do. And uh, God's word has a lot to say about hope. And maybe for a majority of these scriptures and for a majority of you in here tonight, you like know the drill. You could probably recite some of these. But I don't want you to just hear it with your ears or your mind. I want you to hear it with your heart. Because there's something about the way God's word can wash over us. And I love a rainstorm. I love a rainstorm. And man, as I woke up this morning before my alarm and I heard the rain, there's just something peaceful about it. And as I prayed with a friend earlier, we were talking, we were talking about life and, and just how this is hard. And, and the way of Christ is hard. And I was reminded about how when it rains in San Angelo, there's no drains in the street, Right? So there's like remnants of rain everywhere, like puddles, like little rivers, little rapids going down my street. I should buy an inner tube and go home and float tonight because there's some serious rapids in the street and there's puddles and, and the, the, the ground can be bone dry and cracked open, just dirt and dust and dead. Reminds me a lot of my heart sometimes. Not a lot there. But all it takes is one rain shower and everything changes. The ground is soft, man. You can go out there and pull massive weeds that have roots five miles long. And so my prayer tonight, as I prayed earlier today, is this. That God's word would flow over us tonight like a gentle stream that never ends. That his love would saturate our bone-dry hearts that you would hear these scriptures like you've never heard them before. The one true God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. We don't serve a fake false God. We serve the one true God, the God who knits babies together in their mama's wombs, which I don't even know how you knit a baby, but he does, and he does it well. And he creates beautiful sunrises and crafts perfect sunsets. And the Bible says that when he breathes, he puts the stars into the night sky, and he calls every single star by name And he numbers every single hair in your head. And he sees every single time you get up in the middle of the night to pee or get a cookie. Not because he's some sort of psycho creep God, but because that's how much he loves us. And he loves you. He's perfect. And he reigns forever and ever. He will never stop being God. And the Bible says that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that same God, that same God is the one who is speaking to our hearts tonight. And so maybe you need to stand up and go sit in a different spot in the room. You're free to do that. You don't have to stay right where you're at. If you want to go lay down somewhere, you can do that. But I'm going to read over some scriptures and then I'm going to pray over us and we'll be done. Okay? First 1 Peter 5.10 and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength they will soar on wings like eagles they will run and not grow weary they will walk and not be faint jeremiah 29:11 for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you not to harm you plans to give you hope future. Romans 5.5 5, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Romans 8.24 and 25 For in this hope we were saved but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we have hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. We wait for it patiently. Psalm 3, 2 through 6. Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory. The one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, fill in your name. He who created you, Jackson, Tara, Anna, Paige. He who created you, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's a good one. I'm going to read that one. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Flames will not set you ablaze. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far, far outweighs them all. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Translation: the goodness that you're going to one day experience in heaven is going to be way bigger and way richer and way stronger than any of the crap that you're walking through now. That is good news. That's fantastic news. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is seen is un- eternal. 1 Peter 1, three through 3-6 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by god's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time in all of this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials translation hang on Hope is not fake and it's not dead and it's not elusive and it's something tangible that we can grab onto because hope is Jesus himself. And he takes all the crap and he takes all the hard things and he uses it for our good. Either that is true or we have the biggest lawsuit on our hands. Hang on. Hang on. Keep fighting, keep showing up, keep standing, keep singing, keep crying out. When everyone around you tries to silence you and shut you up, you keep crying out for Jesus because he is never so far that he cannot hear you. He loves it when you cry out to him. He knows the exact sound of your voice and he loves it when you cry out keep crying out. It's a living hope and all of the crap will matter when one day you and I stand before Jesus and we look into those eyes that blaze like fire and we hear these words well done well done. Baby you made it. You're home forever and ever hang on to the living hope. Here's the last one psalm 62 5 let all that i am wait quietly before god for my hope is in him let all that i am wait quietly before god for my hope is in him let all that i am for Tara today that means this that means a lot of anxiety, needs a lot of fear, doubt, confusion, anger, jadedness, unanswered questions, unsolved prayers, broken relationships that I'm so desperate to be fixed. It says, let all that you are wait quietly before God. I don't do that well. (laughs) I'm, I'm not very quietly, and I, I, well, I'm not very quietly, and I'm not very quiet, and I don't wait well. I always got to fidget with something. I'm always trying to tell God how to do His job. I'm always trying to tell Him how He got it wrong. But rarely do I take the time to sit and listen. Let all that I am wait quietly before God for my hope is in Him. If you place your hope in anything or anyone outside of Jesus Christ it will be impossible for you to wait quietly before Him. Trust me, been doing it a long time. Pretty miserable. But you know what? There's grace for that. Because I can choose today to wait quietly before God. It's a living hope. Romans 15:13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit so repeat after me and then I'll pray May the God of hope may the God of hope, may the, God of hope may the God of hope fill me all joy and peace, all joy and peace. As, I in him. as I trust in him so that I may overflow, so that I may overflow. With, hope. with hope by the power, by the power. of the Holy, and the Holy Spirit Jesus thank you for tonight Father help my unbelief I'm sorry that I always try to be God and don't allow you to be who you want God would you forgive me us. Give us the grace and the patience to sit and wait before you quietly. God, give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying tonight. Convict our hearts where it's needed. and God, let hope rise. Give us the audacity to keep crying out to you, even when the ones around us try to silence us. God, give us the tenacity to, to believe and to trust in you, even when it doesn't make sense. Love you. In Jesus' name.